Hey everyone, this is Tom Singer. Before we get started with today's episode, I want to inform you about a special offer that I have to join a brand new group called My Sales Call. If you work for a small business or if you're a solopreneur, having some people to talk about ideas and best practices and to have a focus and accountability around sales is so important. It's so easy to get caught up in the busy work that we don't do what we need to do to drive the sales in our business. So I have started a weekly call where people can get together and share ideas around sales and then make a commitment to the group of what they're going to accomplish for the next week. It's just like if you work for a big company, your sales manager would have a weekly sales call. This is your sales call. Go to mysalescall.com to find out more and sign up today. Welcome to the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast with your host, Tom Singer. In each episode, we explore the interesting lives of business leaders, entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, and others who have a healthy dose of the entrepreneurial spirit. It is time to explore something cool. Now, here is your host, Tom Singer. Well, hello, and welcome to, or welcome back to, Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. Thank you so much for pulling your chair up to this virtual cool kids table. Uh, This podcast was started as a way for me to get access to interesting people who were doing cool things. And along the way, I've shared that journey with the listeners of this show for now 518 episodes. I don't know how we got to that level, but this is episode 519, and we are ready to roll today with Duff Gardner. So Duff is somebody I met at the New Media Summit. If you've been listening to the podcast for a while, there have been a lot of people on the show who I met at the New Media Summit uh, just because I was exposed to some really cool people doing fun things. And so uh, I like to bring a variety of people onto the show so that everyone who listens and myself can get inspired because I know one thing is true, and that is success leaves clues. So when we have these conversations with people like today's guests, they can't help it. They have to leave an idea, a nugget, a theory, a crumb for us to pick up and be able to take and use in our own world. And today's guest, I think he's going to drop more than crumbs because this guy's doing a lot of cool stuff, bringing startup thinking to that transformational world. He works with coaches and other people to really get them to think more like an entrepreneur. So who better to bring on to cool things entrepreneurs do than Duff Gardner. Duff is one of these guys who when you meet him, you just like him. He's out there. He's pretty honest. He's open about his life. He tells you what he's doing. And uh, I think he's just kind of a nice guy. So you're going to fasten your seatbelt because uh, we're going to go for a wild ride. Also, he is about to release a book in 2020 called Eight Digital Digital Dragons, Expand Your Business by Slaying Resistance. And I think resistance is something that we all face all the time. So I'm probably going to make him talk about that upcoming book a little bit, even though it won't be released for a few months. Hey, Duff Gardner, welcome to the show. Hey, Tom. Thanks so much for having me. Very excited to be here. Uh, I'm excited to, to think of myself as cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, didn't, I didn't ever get to sit at the cool kids table, so I created my own. Oh, that's good. So, hey, I, I don't read bios of people when they come on the show. So why don't you tell everybody who is Duff and what do you do? Okay. Well, like I said, like you said at the top, I, I, I like to think of myself as bringing startup thinking to the transformation world, Tom. Uh, there's like a rigor to the startup process. I cut my teeth in the startup world. Um, I went to school, got my grad degree in the Silicon Valley. That's kind of where I came from. Where did, so where did you like, get your graduate degree? 
Uh, it was Carnegie Mellon. They've got a little campus down uh, in Mountain View, California. So I'm a huge fan of Carnegie Mellon. My daughter just graduated from Carnegie Mellon with a business nice. degree uh, out in Pennsylvania at the main campus. Nice. Uh, nice. And her fiance just graduated with a master's degree in applied mathematics. And so Sweet. they have launched into their lives. So uh, Sweet. go, go, go Tartans. I know. Yeah. So I'm an alumni of that group and they've got a little satellite campus for uh, sort of geeky people like me down in uh, Mountain View, California, in the Silicon Valley. So I cut my teeth there. Um, got really got started in the business world, in the, in the startup world. Um, and so there's a rigor to that process if you've gone through it, which is kind of absent from the transformation world. And it's kind of a big reason why people struggle. So I like to apply that kind of thinking to people who are trying to grow their business. And I do that in what I do. Um, yeah, so that, that's that's mainly what I what I bring to the business world, and I, I love working with clients to do that. So let's jump right onto that. Tell me, what is startup thinking for someone who's a who's a coach or a solopreneur? Right. Um, well, it, there there's there's a bunch of parts to it. So number one is um, I think that when you're in business today, you've got to be really adaptive. You've got to be kind of lean. Um, you've got to get things done quickly. So. There's, I think it's Darwin that said that the, um, I'll, I'll totally misquote this, but it's not the strongest of the species that survive. It's the most adaptive. So um, that kind of thinking is really important when you're starting a small business. You know, like when you're a service provider, you're alone in front of your computer, you're, you're trying to start this business. Um, that, that's really the key. So um, lean method, um, in fact, I'm teaching a, a cohort right now specifically about how to do that. And that's kind of like how to uh, design your business as if you're a startup uh, platform and take you through the startup phase right through the impact phase. Awesome. So what led you to want to be an entrepreneur? I mean, it's one thing to go to work for startups. It's another thing to say, I'm going to cut my own path in the world. What, what led you into this? Um, well, other than being silly, uh, <laughs> I don't know. Like, I kind of fell into it. Um, I probably was always a little bit different. And I've always worked for myself in different iterations. So even when I had what appeared to be like a J-O-B, I actually was contracted to people. So I've always kind of felt comfortable in that tension of entrepreneurship where you're kind of on your own and doing, doing your own thing. So um, I, I guess for me, I kind of fell into it. Um, and, you know, like I'm a student of entrepreneurship too. So as I've, it's kind of a, a part of the book. It's kind of this idea of resistance, which I, which I actually love to talk about, is um, some of the biggest, one of the biggest things I've actually learned in my journey. So, so yeah, I'm glad you brought that up that you wanted to chat about it. Well, let's talk about resistance because I think yeah. that, I think I struggle with it in, internally in my own head. My, my resistance is my own mind. Right. <laughs> Um, well, so I have this, I have this belief that a lot of the resistance that entrepreneurs are feeling, you know, like I'm 54, so I'm kind of in my second act. Oh, you're so uh, old. My God, I didn't realize you were that old. No, I'm, I'm 53. Okay. Right. We're, we're spring chickens. We're the new 40 or 30 or something. But, uh, um, you know, like we grew up in the system of education, which is linear in nature. And we're living in an we're living in a world which is entirely dynamic by nature. So when you're when you're kind of of this generation, you've grown up in this what I call an industrialized system of education. Um, we 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 are living in a completely new normal that we really you know weren't really prepared for. So there's a couple of things that I talk about in this book, The Eight Digital Dragons. Um, the first thing I talk about is kind of the steps that you go through in a startup 
that set you up for success. Those are those eight digital dragons. Uh, the, the basis for why this is an important topic uh, is really this idea of education and why we've grown up this way and how we can make some four key shifts to make things work better for us. So what are one of the dragons? You don't have to go through all eight, but what's, what's oh, one man. of the dragons we have to slay? Uh, well, one really important thing is, uh, like if you're in a startup, one of the first things you have to describe is what is your value proposition, which is kind of a mouthy term. Uh, but really what that means is, like if, you're, if, you're, if someone's going to invest in you or your business or what you're selling, um, like what is the value to them? I'm, I'm a big proponent of really understanding this one key concept. Um, so a lot of my clients, people you maybe run into, describe those that value in very abstract terms. And so um, that doesn't really work when you're in a startup world. You have to go deep. I mean, I can't, I, we used to be up till five in the morning, like day after day, tr- you know, trying to figure this thing out to describe it in a succinct, clear manner. Uh, so the other thing that happens with entrepreneurs that are working for ourselves is this, I, this whole relationship to money th- thing comes up when you're trying to describe your value proposition. So it kind of gets kind of all mixed up and kind of into that conversation. And we, we, it, it kind of comes out of the chute and we end up not really charging what we're worth, undervaluing ourselves, the, the worthiness thing comes up. So really like in that one dragon, I try to flip the switch. So that dragon is, when I say slaying the dragon, I'm not, I'm not talking about killing it off. I'm actually talking about flipping the switch. So you turn it into an empowering dragon. So it helps you to have success in your ventures. So I have a question that comes up later in my interviews usually, but I kind of want to ask it now because you've kind of touched on it a little bit, not, not directly, but I'm like, Oh, it'll be kind of too late to ask it at the end of the show. Okay. How important do you think it is for an entrepreneur to like themselves? Uh, and it's funny you ask that. Cause it's like one of the first, it's probably the, the most important thing. You know, it's the most important thing. Um, why do you think people don't? I mean, this is something I've recently stumbled across, that it's easy to let the actions or the words of others fester in the background. Sometimes we don't even realize that we don't like ourselves. And right. it's, it's almost freeing to go, oh, shit, I, I, I'm all right. I like me. Screw them. Eleanor Roosevelt has a famous quote that said, what other people think of me is none of my business. And, <laughs> you know, it's, it's yeah. kind of one of those things that, that I had a, sort of a personal thing where I realized there was some stuff holding me back that went back over a decade. And I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, my God, you know, I, I wasn't fully appreciating me because of some words and actions of others. Yeah, totally. Uh, well, you've got to love yourself first. Uh, I mean, and I understand what you're saying. It's, it's, it's something that we're kind of blind to. Like entrepreneurship, sometimes we just go, 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 whether we step into it because we really want to do it or we fall into it, like it was more of sort of my case. Um, you know, like it's kind of what you're asking is kind of tied to my personal journey, Tom. Um, you know, like later in life, uh, the kid's mother and I had a tough conversation and I came out as a gay man. And so I've, I've lived that life now for 20 years. And to be honest, that's one of the things I'm most proud about in life is that we had this strong co-parenting relationship. Um, I'm good buddies with not just her husband and her kids and her family and her friends. Um, and same back, my kids have grown up with a real blended family. Uh, but it was actually kind of when I understood that that was my strength, that things started to change quite a bit. I've always done okay. Like I you know, I've got good clients and I do a little investing here and there. Like I've got a decent sized business, but when I actually embrace the idea that my 
call it my modern family, was a source of strength. Uh, that started to flip the switch. And so since I've done that exponentially, things are really taking off and things that I really want to do and talk about. And um, so I, I think that I was completely blind to what I believe, which is the irony of it. Like, I really believe you got to love yourself first to have success. Yet this thing that I thought that I'd sorted out, I, I mean, I was really proud of it. It wasn't until I kind of put it out there on the table and started talking about it publicly um, uh, that things really changed dramatically for me. And I think a lot of people, maybe not as life-changing as the conversation you had to have, but I think a lot of people have pieces of themselves that they hide and that they're either ashamed of or they don't know how people will will, uh, uh, react to. And when you take part of yourself and put it behind a wall – you can't be your whole self. I mean, that's something that, like I said, I'm only learning as I get older. Yeah, it's 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 really true. Um, I mean, to take the whole conversation one step further, I, I, um, you know, if you look around the world, there's a lot of polarity, um, and I, I, I think that, um, you know, if you're in the Aboriginal world, there's this concept called two spirit, two spirit, um, and that's basically people who are gay are revered, and they're they're revered because they're able to bridge the gap between masculine and feminine. So um, this is really important to me. Like I, anyone who's kind of, you know, not sure about this thing and on the fence and they're, I, I actually think that if you're an entrepreneur and this is who you are, you can be the, be the bridge to peace in the world. Um, I really believe that. And so uh, that's something I've learned. That's something I'm really happy to talk about. And um, yeah, I, I appreciate you giving me the platform to say it. Well, I, I think I think it's important, and like I said, this this whole concept. Uh, Brian Tracy, kind of the the famous sales and and motivational guru of the '90s, and he's still out there speaking today. At, you know, he's probably 80 ish years old. Um, he had a very simple thing, and a lot of my friends, I remember back in the '90s watching him talk about this, and people sort of rolled their eyes. But he taught people to actually say, like, as a part of a mantra that I like myself. And at the time I sort of rolled my eyes. I remember my friends and I kind of joking about it being too simple. Why'd we pay money for this type thing? You know, and he was really big on that. However, looking back now, it's like, oh, that was actually phenomenal advice is like you said, you've got to love yourself or like yourself, you know, up early on. And you have to strip away some of that baggage of what other people are saying about you uh, or maybe have said, or what you're afraid is going to be thought of you. You know, I mean, you know, in your situation, it must have been scary to change your whole life at that point. And yet, look at how successful you are today because you embraced it. Yeah. Even when that happened, actually, right after that happened, I went through six months of grayness, uh, you know, trying to sort out a new normal and self-identity, that whole thing. But then I had a really successful startup on the heels of that. So, you know, you just never know. You just got to push through these things. Um, but, you know, there's one other component to that that just sort of was coming up for me as you were talking about it. Um, you know, there was one time in my life where I took a job uh, 15 years ago. It was a cool job. It was it was uh, running the uh, it was it was vice president of like it was a big sort of prestigious sounding job running the Digital Media Association of British Columbia, Canada. So we had about 50,000 people and I was running a big pre-Olympics innovation project and uh you know, like running 20 concurrent projects. And it was really, I mean, it was fun. It was innovative. It was just before the iPhone was released. So innovation was a lot more challenging. Um, and we were coaching and investing in small businesses, uh, take them through the curve of being sort of having a cool idea 
and bring it to life as sort of a full. So an example of that would be like turning a museum into a full immersive digital experience. So if you're like a small business and that was the idea. So it was a cool, really cool thing. And, and I did that for about a year. Um, but in that context, um, uh, ironically, my, my, so the CEO was a woman and she came up to me and she said, are you uh, going to the out games in Montreal? I was going to Montreal to play hockey in the out games, which is like kind of the gay games, kind of a big tournament, which is a huge tournament. And I said, yes. And I hadn't spoken to her about what I was doing. And in that moment, there was also some of these, uh, uh, so th this, this gay bias that was taking place in that, that, that work environment suddenly kind of hit me in the face. And that was the one time in my life where it sent me for a spin. So just like, you know, one thing, just picking up on what you said earlier, you really do have to sort of embrace it, embrace your weirdness, I guess, or your differences. And uh, it really can serve you when you do it. And I'm learning that today. Yeah, well, I think we, <clears throat> I think we're always learning throughout the journey. And uh, my dad lived to be 99 years old. So I look at it that you and I, we're, we're just at halftime. There you go. <laughs> so uh, Awesome. Yeah, so, I'm a big sports fan. So, yeah. So what advice do you have for somebody who wants to sort of get out there and be an entrepreneur? They want to start their own thing. Maybe, maybe they're listening to this saying, I'm, I'm ready to do my own journey on, on, you know, this life and this career. What would you tell them to do? Well, you know, I'd circle back to this resistance and expansion thing. Like, I think if you're going to be an entrepreneur, um, you need to go into it with your eyes wide open, you know, like. <laughs> What you're doing is you're putting yourself out there in an authentic way and you're asking people to invest in you, you know, whatever you're doing. And so you've got to sort out that part of it. Um, you know, we can talk about where, where I think resistance comes from. Uh, like I talked about education and that whole thing. Um, but a big part of it as well is just being comfortable with who you are and having the courage to push through those, um, those barriers. You know, like um, one group I'm teaching right now, we had this conversation and I asked them two questions. I said, you know, how might you push through the challenges and how might you increase your commitment to what you're doing? And I think that as entrepreneurs, we're always have to be asking ourselves those two questions. So one of the things I do when I work with teams is I talk about this gap that exists for so many people between potential and performance. And what I love to ask the people who come on the show is why do you think when everybody who's starting out, everybody's got potential, how come some people just fly across that gap and other people get lost in the abyss? I, th I think that it's, you know, like it's, again, it's, it's, that's why I love the topic of resistance versus expansion. Like I think it's, it's, um, it's building a foundation for yourself. Um, you know, like the foundation of the eight digital dragons is having confidence in your offer. I, so when, when I teach people specifically, what we teach is we teach how to have a, a solid offer. So what I see all the time is coaches and that going out there with very vague offers. Uh, and sometimes they don't even know what an offer is. So I have this concept that you need to stand in your value. That is the key to impact. Like if you're trying to make an impact with people, you have to learn how to stand in your value. Um, if, if I may, there's, there's this little, there's this little, it's like a little, um, uh, what do I want to call it? It's like maybe a disease or something. There's this thing going on in our world. If you're, if you're a service provider, um, everyone's out there trying to search for the perfect message. And so when you try to find the, the perfect message, what ends up happening is you just come across a way that you're going to get uh, dismissed by the marketplace. That builds internal resistance. That thing goes over, that just keeps compounding over and over and over again. So that's a big part of what I try to solve with folks. So when you have a solid offer, um, you that's kind of the key 
from my perspective of standing in your value and just understanding the foundations of your business. So, you know, for example, there's a lot of influencers in the world who are starting to get a lot of attention now because they have a big social media presence. They get some cool sponsorships. You know, sometimes folks like us are like, wow, that's so cool. I wish I could have done that. Or, you know, like that's really neat. Um, and there's memes about that, but I won't get into that. But the thing is, um, that's not really standing in your value. That's that. That's sort of using a sports term. That's threading the needle. If you if you follow football, that's like passing through, you know, uh, all those different defenders down the field and having the perfect pass. It's, it's really tough to achieve that. So standing in your value is really important to having an impact in the world. And I I think that actually when you're good at expressing your offer in the right way, that ends up becoming the purest expression of your value. That's literally the key to making an impact in the world. So that, that, that's, that's, that's how I operate anyway. So how does somebody stand in their value? Again, it's like having a really solid offer. That's a big part of what I teach is how to have a solid offer. So those eight digital dragons are parallel to the steps that I take people through in my high-end programs to, you know, standing in their value. It's like if, if you're going to ask me to invest in you, um, you need to tell me how, what that looks like. Why I should trust you? Why I should believe in your ability to execute on that plan? So you work with a lot of people. What holds people back? What keeps people from being able to stand in that value or figure out what their offer even is? What's what's the what's the wall? Um, well, again, I, I think it's like the it's it's. I actually call it, 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 it with coaches and that with coaches, course creators, authors, speakers, and that. There's kind of like there's a whole culture of of words in that marketplace that people use. And so the one word that I think, in my mind, is kind of, it's a problem right now. It's lost its meaning, is this idea of the irresistible offer. Um, you know, the irresistible offer, to me, in my mind, is kind of a meme. And I, I prefer to tell people to create an investable offer. And again, going back to what I said earlier, when you're trying to be irresistible or you're trying to be an influencer, it's like you're, you're trying to push yourself out there. You, that kind of energy tends to get dismissed by people. And again, that builds that internal resistance. So you flip that around and instead just have some core beliefs. Like we said earlier, you like, I love yourself first, um, understand your value, be able to articulate your value. And um, that's where expansion starts to happen. So that, that's how I approach it. So Duff, I've got a couple more questions for you, but first I have to thank the sponsor of this episode. <clears throat> so this episode is brought to you by Podfly Productions. Podfly takes the time and the headache out of creating your own podcast. They set you up with the right equipment, training, and guidance to ensure that you sound amazing. Podfly does all the heavy lifting and the technical work so that you can focus on creating great content, growing your audience, and interviewing really cool people like Duff Gardner. Hey, if you want to start a podcast, and I know, I know that some of you do, jump over to podfly.net slash cool things and check out the offer that they have for the listeners of this show. So Duff, I call this show cool things entrepreneurs do. What is the coolest thing you're doing in business right now? Oh man. Well, you know, one thing that's cool that I love is I think part of our conversation is like how you standing your value. I, I carve out two hours every day to walk my rescue pit bull named Seamus uh, in the woods. I live in Victoria, BC, Canada. Good, good Irish name. From the woods. Good Irish yeah, name. But, That's a great Irish, that? a great yeah, Irish name. Irish. I'm yeah. Irish. <laughs> Duff, Seamus. Yeah. Uh, we walk, we walk on the, like, so, so actually that's a key thing. I, I think that's cool. 
I mean, it's, it might not be to everybody, but I think that's cool. I think it's important <laughs> that you look, you know, you look after yourself and, uh, and you enjoy life. So that's a big part of my day every day. Awesome. So I always ask people who come on the show who they admire, because we could talk about Duff Gardner and the services you offer all day long. But I think great entrepreneurs are observers. So when you look out into the entrepreneur sphere, the world of entrepreneurship, who do you say, wow, she or he, they're doing the cool things? Uh, you know what? My choice is going to be probably different for people, but I've always been fascinated with how people build platforms in a, in a media sense. Like I'm completely fascinated by that. So I would choose RuPaul. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. First time RuPaul has ever been picked out of 519 episodes. I love it when somebody comes up with someone new and I think it's an awesome choice because I know where you're going with this and yes, but I do like to draw attention when someone comes up with a truly unique answer. You know, because dude uh, just, he stands in his value. He, he is who he is and the brilliance of his brand. Like if you pick it apart, every single thing that he does and says is thought through and he has a mission in life that's bigger than his brand. So there is a lot of really cool things about that platform. And I would like to add ahead of his time, because if you really look back, I remember going to a RuPaul concert 25 years ago and my mm -hmm. friends are like, you're going to what? And my wife and I went down to what was called the Austin music hall. I don't even know if it's still there. And we went with a bunch of her coworkers and it was one of the most entertaining shows I have ever seen, but 25 years ago, that was to a lot of people sort of shocking, you know, right. to have this person in drag doing the show, doing this whole thing. But the brand then and the brand now, while it's morphed and grown, I mean, it's talk about standing in your truth. And the flip side of that is, is that today nobody would think twice of a show like that. So the world has changed and come along, which is actually a good thing. Yeah. There's all sorts of stuff embedded in there. It's like sound bites. It's like storytelling. It's, um, yeah, there, there's a lot of really interesting things. So if you look at it as kind of like a bit of a, a new media geek, it's it's a fascinating brand and he's done a fantastic job of creating something out of nothing. And one of the things I talk about all the time is the importance of longevity. So right. I've been working as a, as a speaker for a long time and I was talking to a potential client and it was down to me and one other speaker who I knew was relatively new. And I just worked into the conversation that I'd given 950 professional level speeches over well more than a decade and I said, you know, I think there's something important on that. And she went back and asked the other person and the person's answer was nine. And she called me and said, you just won, you just won the deal because 900 is better than nine. And so I think longevity can work in your favor. Uh, yeah. I think my podcast, you know, now we've crossed that 500 mark. Very few podcasts have gotten to 500 episodes, uh, especially ones that aren't daily. And, you know, just twice a week, it's, it, you know, took five years to get there. And I think yeah. that RuPaul is a great example of longevity kicks ass. Yeah, totally. Yeah. He's, he, she's been around forever. So yeah, it's, uh, I, I admire it. And, uh, uh, you know, like his signature expression, how you hell are you going to love yourself if you can't love, or I forget, I always get that mixed up, but you know, like those, those expressions are well thought through and they're, they're spread throughout his brand. And so anyway, super interesting from a business perspective to really look at how that works. And like you say, the longevity and there's a lot of really cool things built in there. Absolutely. Hey, the yeah. last question I ask everybody is, what do you do to give back to the greater good? Because I think as entrepreneurs, we're fortunate. And if you're fortunate, you got to do more than make money. You, you got to somehow do something to serve society. So what do you do? Well, you know, I, I, I beat my chest about rescue pets. That's one of the big things. Um, but, I, but I think like in, 
the greater world. I've got this expression that I in my particular podcast, which is called Off My Duff, by the way, which is just launching mm -hmm. this month, um, the Entrepreneur Podcast. So uh, thanks for inspiring me to do that as well. Uh, but I, I have this expression, teach what you love and live from your truth. And so, um, you know, I'm, I'm trying to spread that message. I'm trying to spread the message of diversity and inclusion and why that's an important thing in the world. And that's something I'll continue to do going forward. Good for you. I think that's awesome. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Well, Duff Gardner, thank you so much for being a guest on the show. If someone's listening to this and they're like, what? I have to know more about Duff Gardner. I need to know about this book that's coming out in 2020. I need to know about this brand new podcast, Get Off Your Duff. How do they find you? Uh, they can do it. They can do two things, Tom. Um, they can go to duffgardner.com, D-U-F-F, Gardner, G-A-R-D-N-E-R. -E um, and there's a cool thing that I've just released called the Impact Scorecard. And that's a fun little uh, performance scorecard that we're putting out that you can check out. And it gives you a little bit of a sense of, relatively speaking, where your business is performing vis-a-vis -vis others and how you can maybe set yourself up for success going forward as an impact entrepreneur. Awesome. Well, again, so, thank you so much for being a guest on the show. And thank you for spreading your knowledge, your wisdom, little crumbs of information, all of the above. Uh, I think you've made the show a little bit better today because we had you with us. Hey, and thanks. thanks to everybody who tuned in. I say it every episode. If it wasn't for the audience, why would we do this? Uh, we have a little community. If you like cool things entrepreneurs do, join us on the Facebook page. Leave a comment. Hey, if you really like it, go over to Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast love and leave a review. Subscribe. That helps the show grow. And then finally, number one way people tell me they find this show is a friend told them about it. So before you go to bed tonight, tell a friend about cool things entrepreneurs do. Hey, we're going to be back in a couple of days with another interview with somebody just as cool as Duff. You're thinking, what? How will you ever find anybody as cool as Duff? But I will. I'll work on it. But in the meantime, go out there. Try something new. Move your ladder over to the right wall. Push yourself out of your comfort zone. And while you're at it, have a great day. Thank you for being part of the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast. Without your participation and listening to these conversations, there is no show. Connect with Tom at TomSinger.com and follow him on Twitter at, at TomSinger. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.